Alright, welcome back to another week here on the Cover Zero Podcast. Today, we got a little bit of a different alignment for you guys. We have, with Draft Utopia, Chris Ransom and Brian Luis. You may have heard him on the Hooligans Podcast covering soccer. Say what's up, guys. What's up? What's up? What's up? Glad to have you on the show as well. We have Henry, Josiah, myself. How y'all doing, gentlemen? Today, we are going to go into uh, the AFC East and the draft needs uh, with each team within that division. So starting at the top, uh, I want to kick this off first with you, Chris. The Miami Dolphins, 14 picks, the rebuilds in full force. Where, Before we get into what they should look for in the draft, how we've been doing this is key losses, key additions, and then going into the draft needs. For Miami, what key losses, Chris, do you see that they have to mostly address if there was any to you? Well, I feel like they their key losses were due to player trades rather than anything else. I mean, they traded Minka for a first, Tunsil for a first. They they didn't make any attempt to re-sign Juwan James. They also lost um they cut their safety Rashad Jones. They cut to lead, but they brought in Byron Jones to replace him. They brought in um one of the Erect Flowers. So they've made some good moves. Like Byron Jones, they've made some questionable moves by overpaying Flowers. They got Jordan Howard via free agency on a two-year deal where he's making $5 million a year. So they, they, they've done a lot, to say the least. Right. Yeah, for sure. Any Brian, anything else you've seen with the ad or what you think those ads in place have, have been thus far? Oh, for mm-hmm. Miami? I mean... I think for the Dolphins, it's just you have Brian Flores, who obviously a lot of the players that he had in New England flocked right to him. Uh, Obviously, you got some leadership there from New England. They have uh, veteran experience. You got Byron Jones, who's someone that Brian Flores really loved in the combine a couple years ago. That was that was the that was the big leak in New England is that they wanted Byron Jones in that draft, and Flores got his guy with Xavier Howard. That's going to be a fun duo at corner. Right. And then they have those young linebackers with Kyle Van Oy. So they have Raekwon McMillan and Jerome Baker. And they still have, I mean, they have three first-round picks. They could go a couple of different ways with those picks. But, I mean, you got to be able to start somewhere. They need a talent. And so far this offseason, they kind of did that. They did give themselves that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Josiah Henry, uh, we'll start off with draft needs for this team with you guys. If you For the first pick... Josiah, I'll say, where do you envision Miami going? What would you do if you were the GM? I would go QB. You know, uh, a lot of talk is being said with Tua because of his injury history, and they think he's going to fall. But personally, I think he's good to go, man. I mean, he, he dropped the tape. He, he dropped some 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 footage of him throwing the ball and whatnot. He looked pretty good. His hips, everything. His lower body, everything looked solid. So I, I that's where I would go. That's the most needed position on your team and I don't see how they could you know and I think after that it's it takes a little drop I like Jordan Love I'm not a big fan of Justin Herbert really at all um I like Jordan Love but I just don't think he's going to be ready uh year one and I think they could they need a QB year one they need somebody that can go in and start week one and I think he got if he's healthy which I believe he will be he seems healthy 
he'll be the guy to start in week one on any team. And why not Miami? So Miami, that's where I would go with that first pick. I think two would be the best pick for them at five unless some team tries to jump ahead of them and uh, try to take two for themselves. But uh, even if they don't play him week one, you still got Ryan Fitzpatrick there who's a great veteran quarterback and he, he goes out there and fights for his team every single Sunday. Um, so you can't be mad at his effort that he put out there. But I think even if you know they do draft uh, two with that, that number five overall pick or unless they trade up, whatever the case may be, and they take two uh, uh, then with one of those second uh, first-round picks they have, I believe they got to go tackle. They, uh, you just brought it up how they, they traded away uh, Laramie Thompson to the Texans for, you know, additional first-round pick, and they, they, they have no left tackle. So uh, at the I believe it's what, the 19th spot or 18th, 18th one that they picked. 18th. Austin, yeah, 18th. Austin Jackson can be there. Right. Uh, maybe a Josh Jones can be there. Because I think a lot of the tackles are probably going to fall off since there's such much-needed teams that need tackles. Uh, but but they got to solidify that line because if they do draft Tua, with his injury history, what's the first thing you got to do? You got to protect them. So tackle is, is guarantee a big priority for sure. For sure, well. Luby. Yeah, are we going through all. If we're going through all the picks, yeah. I mean, they definitely. I thought we were just doing that first that first pick, but yeah, definitely O line. They had one of the worst O lines last year. Period. Mm-hmm. Now, both of their tackles are bad. Uh, the guards is the guards is not all of that. They could use a center. Um, they're all beat up on that on that offensive line. And like Henry said, you know, Tua and his injury is even if they didn't have Tua, you want to be able to protect your quarterback. And so, yeah, you definitely want to be able to secure those tackle spots um, since that's the most important spot on the old line outside of it. What well, is center too, you know? But definitely the tackle. Um, and then I would say safety. You know, they can use the safety. Uh, you know, somewhere down there as well. But they did some good work in free agency too. So that's uh, you know, uh, they could use some pass, another pass like a defensive end. You know, they got Kyle. You know, they got Emmanuel, which both of those players, uh, you know, I think were six, seven sacks last year. They had you know solid years and whatnot. You know, a good amount of tackles. But they can use a dominant defensive end as well. You know, they could they can grab that with fourteen picks. They can grab that in the second, third round. You know, I'll say probably second round since they pick high in the second round, you know, because it's a, it's a pretty big drop off after the third, fourth defense end. It's it's a drop off in my opinion. I hear that. So we'll loop back. Chris, for you, Miami's there. They're like subject as a big weight shift, not only with the picks they have, but the likelihood they could trade them. If you're the GM for Miami, what do you see happening with them on draft day? Well, it's funny. I'm working on a seven-round mock draft, and what happened in my mock is Tua fell to five. Andrew Thomas fell to 18 because I gave the Cardinals Kittle at eight, and then I got Mekhi Becton at 26. So Tua gets both of those tackles, and then in the second round, Chason fell to 39, and then Cesar Ruiz or Floyd Cushenberry, the LSU center, fell to their second second round pick. So Tua is able to get those three linemen, a pass rusher, and then you can get a receiver in the third round. You're set. Like, if you actually get right. this draft correctly, you can put yourself in position to insert yourself as a contender in the division with Brady gone. Sure, most definitely. Brian, did you have anything different? Well, if this scenario were to happen in real life, I think Miami Dolphins fans would have to party like it's 1970 again. That's wild. Right. Um, but besides the point, in my mock, the three first-round picks I had were Tua, 
Henry Ruggs and Austin Jackson. And I feel like all three guys are realistic targets. I think if, if Ruggs is sitting there at 18, if somehow Denver yep. passes on Ruggs, you kind of have to take that to compliment Devontae Parker because you kind of gave him that big fat contract. So you kind of have to justify the fact, okay, maybe getting a secondary weapon, someone familiar with Tua, that would kind of seal the deal. And then Austin Jackson might still be on the board at 26, and you might be able to still get that tackle. Right. Now, there's a scenario where both things might not happen. I mean, Becton might not even make it to 18 at this point. Yeah, I don't see that happening very much. Nor do I. I don't see Becton getting out the top 10. That's very possible. I can see the Jaguars taking him at nine. Yeah, I can't. I can't see him getting out the top ten. That's very hard for me to Browns, see. But I mean, yeah. it's a draft. It's a different. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a lot of teams that could definitely yeah. Jets can go it's there. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. They really could do that one year turnaround. What a better time! If they, if they, then, then they see a player that's like a top, you know, top tackle. Of course, the team going to okay. We let's trade up and go get mm-hmm. him. You know, we see it happen all the time. Yeah. So it's very, very, very. Rare, but I mean, it is, like I said, it is a draft. It's so, a lot of things are unforeseen. See, so well, moving yeah. on down. No, go ahead. Well, that's that's. Oh, no, I was just gonna say that's kind of. I don't. I heard Brian say something about the mock draft. That's that's kind of how I landed it with uh, on Chris's mock draft since I got Miami. That's how it kind of came to me. I got Tua in the fifth. He has two mock drafts. He has uh, the seventh round one, the one we're doing now. And Tua fell to me on on the fifth, picked him up, and then Ruggs fell to the eighteenth, got him at eighteenth, and then uh, Austin Jackson at twenty six. Yeah, the same three so, players in, yeah. that Brian Luis mocked to Miami, and those would be great yeah, picks yeah. for the Dolphins. Like if the Cardinals took Wills at eight, I think the scenario Brian Luis described has a very realistic shot of happening. And if that's the scenario that happens for the Dolphins, that's just, just as equally as good of a scenario to be in. But that right. would also include C.D. Lamb and Jeffrey Judy being gone by the time the Raiders are at number 12. Yeah. Because if Lamb and Judy both go top 10, that means that all four tackles might be available after the 10th pick. What happened with my mock is Worfs was the only tackle on the board. All the tackles were on the board at 10. Judy went 9th. Um, Lamb went 11th. I gave the Raiders T. Higgins at 12, and then 49ers got rugs at 13, so I had to push Justin Jefferson into the top. Yeah. Oh, T. Higgins? Oh, Raiders no, fans are rioting. Raiders fans are rioting. I don't <laughs> yeah. want that. T. Higgins, T. Higgins well, would be ooh, the biggest reach that. since Colton Miller, man. Ooh, That's a Colton Miller reach. Right <laughs> and I like, and I like, oh, and I said, and I like both players, but just not that high yeah. draft. That's, that's, that's yeah. too high. Oh, yeah. I, I hope yeah. that T. Higgins does not come to fruition yeah. as a Raiders fan. So... I hope not, man. I hope not. Especially now that no night, not at no nineteen. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. If he fall, if he fall in the third somewhere, if he fall in the third, we need another wide receiver. I'll take him. I'll take him in the third. Or if we only got, I can't. I can't. I can't. Or see if they him trade down 60. from twelve or nineteen and they end up picking him somewhere between twenty-five and thirty. Okay, I can live with that. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. Here, right. <laughs> But no, Raiders fans should be pissed off if that happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No Let's not even speak that. Let's not even speak that to the existence, man. Well, moving <laughs> on down the board, next up we got the Jets. And we'll start it off with you this time, Brian. Did they have any losses of merit that we should at least touch on on this show? I mean, they weren't really much of a team last year, so I don't know where you really want to go off of. I mean, after after Sam Darnold's mono spell, 
they kind of that was mm-hmm. a lost season at that point. Yeah. Now the best thing they should have done was fire Adam Gates. That's what they should have done. Well, right. I don't know why they shouldn't hire. Yeah, they shouldn't have made him head coach in the first. I mean, y- you have Jamison Crowder, Le'Veon Bell, and then that's about it on offense. And it's nice to have C.J. Mosley. You cut Jermaine Johnson. That might be about it. Well, Robbie Anderson was oh, also okay. pretty solid, yeah. but you see, right. they, it seemed like they, they didn't even yeah. want to bring him back. If that's because yeah. of the money, or he won't. He, that's why he ain't worked that. He ain't worked that. He, yeah, he well, well, how much do you think in Carolina? Huh? I think he's, he's getting nine, nine, right? How much I think, think he's getting nine. I think, he, I think he got 10. He got 10 over there. Yeah, it's weird. But, I mean, they they wanted – but he his price was higher than that, though. I mean, he had a settle for – he had a settle for 10, but his price was higher than that. You know, it, it's not these, these 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 receivers. They need to realize, especially coming into the uh, drag class, that's the crazy deep receivers. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta work. You gotta work with the team. Yeah, but they want their bread. Though. I, don't, I don't blame them. I understand. Oh, I, I get that, them. but they also got to realize what reality is. What reality is? You got this great rookie draft class of wide receivers getting ready to come in that are going to be right. cheap towards what you're asking for. You, you just got to understand what's going and on. That might be the reason AJ Green hasn't been moved yet in Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But speaking of wide receivers, been real uh, I think that's where the Jets should go in the first round. Um, and I, I think C.D. Lamb is by far the number one receiver in this draft. I, I think him and Judy, there is a bit of a gap, in my opinion. Um, C.D. Lamb, three quarterbacks in Oklahoma, three basically All-American seasons. And he's mm-hmm. kind of like a little bit of Anquan Bolden and a little bit of that finesse receiver we, we like to see in the NFL today. And that's what you need. I think for Sam Darnold, that's the guy he needs. He had Juju at um, at USC. Now let's give him a go-to guy. Quick, quick, quick question for that. How can you value uh, giving your quarterback a playmaker more than tackle? What do you see? Yeah, he gets hit way too many times, and especially we we keep talking about how deep this wide receiver class is. You got to protect him. It's he's supposed to be. So why take a why take I'm not getting Jedrick Wills, Worth, or Andrew Thomas in my mock. So CD Lamb's the best player on the board at that point. So, so what about Beckton? Beckton? I don't, I don't know think if Beckton would work for the Jets though. I, I because for me, Beckton is a guy that I would put in a pass first offense. I want him pass protecting, being a. I don't think he can be an anchor in the run game the way that Jets. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Adam Adam Gates. No, but they but they have Le'Veon Bell, and the Jets are gonna be stubborn themselves to run him 25 times a game. Uh, uh, That's how it's going to work. I don't know. Adam Gates hates running the ball. If you look, if you look, listen to past running backs talk about Adam Gates, they didn't want to play for him because of how he oh, runs the ball or doesn't run the ball. So is that so you're, you're kind of not making no, no, sense no, there no, because what That's all what Adam Gates no, is going for. But I feel like with Becton, I want, I, I would want him more in a pass first in a, in a, Oh, wide open offense. I don't think the Jets have the, the offense to be able to do that or have the, the the personnel to do that effectively if they want to compete. So I think with knowing the Jets, they have a history of kind of going for the guy that's going to sell tickets. CeeDee Lamb is going to put butts in the seats. We know that for a fact. And the thing, yeah, Beckton would make sense. Actually, I didn't think about Beckton with the with uh, that high, actually. I thought him going yeah, to Tampa Yeah, that's Bay. where I think he'll go, too. Beckton to Tampa. But that's actually a good point. But if Andrew Thomas and uh, or Jedrick Wills were to fall to number 11 somehow, they're absolutely the pick, without question. Because that's kind of the prototype of what the Jets have always wanted to draft. I mean, the Jets GM comes from the Baltimore tree of Ozzie Newsome 
and Eric DaCosta. Yeah. So yeah. he obviously has a bias towards big school, all all proven kids. I think the Jets could trade up for someone like Andrew Thomas. I think Andrew Thomas would be the perfect pick. He's just not available in the, in the mock that I did. So that's the reason. Where, where you got Andrew Thomas going? So you got to go to the I'm going to the Browns, actually. Number 10. Oh, okay. So, so who, do, who do you think is better in pass coverage? Oh, Beckton. Uh, Beckton has the most. Tristan Wirfs or, or Beckton? Beckton has the most potential. Who, who do you think is better? Just in pass, pass coverage, though. Who do you think is better? Tristan Wirfs or Beckton? That's tough because I think Wirfs is better just right pure, now. Just I think Wirfs is better right now. Than Beckton? Yes. I don't think so. Yes. Yeah, that's, I don't, that's, I don't, I don't know. The yeah, only I thing out, the only thing I would say about Beckton to keep it real is, as big as he is, he's talented and he can move. But I don't know if I would want to swing him on his zone type of running scheme. That that's the only thing I would say. As big as he is, I don't know if you would want to use him in that type of scheme. So I get where you're coming from when you're saying as far as being a pass a, a pass blocker. But I don't. I, it's, now if we're talking about him versus Tristan uh, Wirfs and pass blocking. I got Beckton all day. In the run game, you maybe Tristan, you know, but I wouldn't even. I mean, just off, just off strength wise and talent wise, I would go back then. I just would be nervous because he's so big, and having to pull him, especially if you're running the zone scheme, having to pull him, I, that that would would scare me. But I think he's better by far. That's 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 what that's that's why I got a little confused because I understand you bringing up the whole run game with the Jets, but the Jets were running the ball only more times than passing than once Sam Darnold that's wasn't true. playing. Yeah. When Sam Darnold was playing, when Sam Darnold got back to being healthy, I, and I, I won't even say when he was fully healthy. I'll say maybe two weeks after start playing again. I feel like that's when he probably was at himself. They started passing the ball a lot more. I know you saw the game when we played them. Oh yeah, uh, when we played them on that Thursday night, they were passing the ball a lot that game. Like I said, that's, that's what Adam Gates is for. Right, is. but I think when you have so Le'Veon Bell. That's why I think Beckham will be really good Bell for them. And your interior line. But you use Le'Veon Bell. You, Le, we use Le'Veon Bell in a, in a different uh, way. Remember when he was back in the Steelers, a lot of people forget. He had over, what, maybe like 70 receptions right. over there. So that, that's also a part of the passing game. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of different ways you can put it. They'd but, rather run him, though. Put it that that's way. I, They'd right. rather run him. So, so, yeah. let, yeah. let me say this. So if Mekhi Becton ends up with Tampa Bay, right? Number 14 overall, where he's going to be nurtured by to be a pass protector, like a left tackle. I think Beckton has Hall of Fame potential. Now, if I put him somewhere like the Chargers, that are going to ask him to kind of be like an anchor in the run game and kind of, you know, that can hurt that way. It could work better. But I would get a little nervous with Beckton because that's where the penalties might start coming in because. You know, you're putting a guy in position he's never been in before. And that's where a lot of linemen get penalties downfield blocks. Like, the stupid penalties that, like, we get all frustrated with as fans. But, like, these are things I that see. people have okay. to do. Okay, so we'll see there'll be a little split on Beckton and his value. So, Chris, where, if you're the GM for the Jets, are you going to the line to protect Darnold, or are you going to give him a weapon in the passing game, or are you going a different route? I think it honestly depends. If the Jets feel like um, too much – I don't think Chuma Idoga and um, George Fant are premium pass blocking left not. tackle. They're not because uh, they're not, not. because Fant gave up eight sacks in his first year as a starter in Seattle when he started ten games, and I oh, Idoga did the same this year. Yet Connor Rogers of Bleacher Reports reporting that Idoga's their future right tackle. He might even be the future left tackle. So if they're just going to sit. I just feel like they're going to stick with that group, even though they shouldn't, because if there's a blue-chip receiver like Judy or Lamb yeah, there yeah. at 11, I just think the value yeah, that receiver yeah. provides gonna go. surpasses 
the upside yeah. of any offensive tackle in this group. And if the Jets are contempt with Fant and Idoga, they're going to take that guy to get a number one receiver for Darnold because they don't have a number two that's guy. Crazy. That's crazy. You know what? That's though? Bad I, team. I what, that's why bad team. That's why these bad. Okay, but what about this? But that's So what if? Right though. So what if Isaiah Wilson, someone that gets picked in the second round, that's someone that might be a younger guy but a more raw talent. You, they might like him in round two more than some of these other tackles over a Lamb or a Judy, though. But you want to? But you want to risk a raw talent tackle with a? I your mean, future Baltimore right took a chance with Orlando you, you, Brown. You Orlando Brown, Brown. Oh, oh, guy that in we the third round, though. though, in the third round. No, I know. Third and he round, fell for no reason. But that's the thing I'm saying. Like, oh, he failed because of his combine. There was a reason. Well, I mean, it's for stupid reasons, but you know, we know. <laughs> of course, but but that's the reason. It might be stupid, but that's the reason. Everybody had him in the first round before that combine. Right, that's Everybody. just one scenario. He blew the combine up and, yeah, and jumped to the one third. Scenario. I mean, as I said, some of the tackles in the second round, like, you can get some good offensive linemen. Like, I have more faith in getting – I would rather get – if it were me, perfect world, I would trade up for Andrew Thomas. I would make – I would I'd be done. Like, if Andrew Thomas falls to 11, or I would trade up for him. Like, that's the guy for the Jets. Put him at left tackle. You have him for 10 years. It's perfect. Yeah. It, it just makes no sense. Like, that's why these teams stay bad. Like, how you, you, remember, they traded up for Scott well, Darnold. It's not like, you know, everything fell until they left. They traded up for well, Obviously, they won him. You're not going to protect your investment. Right. It, just makes it no don't sense. make sense, but we got to go off of what we think they're going to do. You know, and, that, and, that, and that's why I see where Chris is coming from because if – Okay, but okay, okay, that's, that's, that's true. But remember, we just talked about this, this dude comes from the Baltimore tree. Ravens always protect their investment. So we keep going back to maybe how they were before all the dumbness is the way. Remember, this dude comes from Baltimore. Baltimore is one of the best-ran organizations in the whole NFL. I believe they're probably going to go start protecting their, to protecting their future, which is Sam They Darnold. should. They should go that this way. But this, this, I'm this, this, going this. back. I'm, if one of those wide receivers – they should go I agree, tack. too, I agree but I don't think they will go That's where They should. They – but I don't think that I don't think they will. I think Woody Johnson. Woody Johnson. They gave tell, Hey, look at this lamb. You know kid. what kind of money? Look at this lamb. Him, kid. You know I what kind of money kid. they gave George Fant? They gave him starter money. They did. I don't know if you know that they gave him starter money. Now should have should should they have no. gave him that money? No. no, but that's what they gave him. So we can sit here and talk about what tree and what we got to see what's going on in free agency. That, that I agree with Chris a thousand percent. The dude is not no starter left. He's not no starting left tackle. Whatsoever, he's got it. He's injury prone. He only started three games last year. He tore his ACL two years ago. There's no, there's no way I would have paid him that much money. I think I, I, don't, I forgot how much is guaranteed, but it's like thirty million over three years. I mean, plus years. they went out and got Alex Lewis, who also played in Baltimore. They went out and they have Connor McGovern, who's making some Greg Van Roten. He, he'll be solid. Yeah, play. I mean the Jets, if they're content with their offensive line, and they yeah. didn't. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they shouldn't be, but they're content with it. They, yeah, that's that's a problem. Man. That's how they want to go about protecting a heavily investment. I mean, so hey, but I would go, go tackle. I would go tackle down, too, would go just tackle. based on value. But I don't think they're going to go tackle, and that's the problem. I agree. Especially when you yeah. lose Roby Anderson to the I Panthers, Demarius Thomas, and you really have no weapons for Darnold. And it's like last year Darnold was seeing ghosts. Now he's going to see zombies because. You didn't. You didn't fix the offensive line. If Thomas is there at eleven. You got to take him. Absolutely. Yeah, it starts in the trenches. Mm-hmm. I really. Believe okay. That. So yeah, we got. So. They should go tackle, but most likely think they're going to. As you said, Brian, they're probably going to do what does put butts in the seats, and the casual fan has no idea who the tackles mm-hmm. are anyway. So 
that's probably what they're going to do. Moving right. down, though, in the division, probably what right now I would say is at this time before the draft is the most complete roster. Not the best, maybe with the you know the highest highs on it, but from top to bottom, this Bills roster is pretty solid across the board. They don't have right. that many picks to work with, though. They only have seven. Uh, there was key losses of Shaq Lawson. He went to the Dolphins. Phillips signed with Arizona. Kevin Johnson right. went to Cleveland. Uh, and, uh, since we've been really going back and forth about draft scenarios, I'll cover the other additions and let someone else chime in on those if we want. Mario Addison signed from the Panthers to shore up the loss of Lawson. A.J. Klein from the Saints, underrated linebacker who can play all three downs. Uh, it's just solid, not impressive. Josh Norman, he's old as hell, reunites with his old defensive coordinator over there with McDermott, who hopes that scheme, scheme change might be able to rejuvenate him. Uh, any other key additions, Josiah, that you saw from that team? Um, I like that. I don't know if you mentioned um, Renan Butler, but I, I like that. Mm -hmm. I might be a little biased um, because I liked him coming out of college. So. I like that pickup and putting and sometimes when you put a player that hasn't really lived up to potential um, on a team that is you know uh, on 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 a when you put him on when you put him on a team that's really strong in his unit it helps that player you know what I mean it, it, he gets the confidence he he gets his confidence back um, he's going to be playing right next to Ed Oliver who had a really good year last year so I love that Mario pickup um, I don't know if you brought up Mario yeah. Addison, you bring him up. You bring him up. Okay, yeah, I like that. I yeah. like that pickup too. I like that pickup a lot. I think that helped. I think that fills the void of that loss of that long. Um, so yeah, those and 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 I like Josh Norman there too. You know, I like I another player kind of similar to Vernon Butler. I feel like you know he's been a letdown <coughs> in Washington. He's kind of finished for the most part. But you put him on a team where he's playing right next to to Davius White and. You know, I feel like he'll 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 get his confidence back and he'll be able to, you know, yeah, he's look been the number one corner his entire career. Washington. Carolina sure. Washington was always the number one guy. Now he's got a guy right. who's a young number one corner in Tredavious White, and he's gonna be the number two guy and he's gonna right. be facing um weaker receivers. So he might be a bounce back here right. for him. And it's less pressure. It's less pressure on him. You know what I mean? When he went to Washington, it was like, oh, you know, they 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 got Josh Norman. He was a guy that was going to be leading that secondary, you know. So coming over here, he's playing on a, a great defensive unit, great uh, coaching staff over there, head coach and defensive coordinator over there. And he's playing with great talent. Great players Indeed. Over there. So it's less pressure on him as well. So we'll then so, yeah, move to the draft like that's show. upcoming and their draft needs. They don't have a first-round pick after the Stephon Diggs trade. Their first pick's not coming in until round two. 54th overall. We'll start with you, Henry. Where would you go at that most likely? We don't know at that point. We've had 53 guys come off the boards. So who is there is, is of course, as guesses as all this is. But what are you targeting, Henry, if you're the Bills? We'll shift it to Chris for the time being. Chris, if you're the Bills, who are you targeting there at 54th overall? I have Brandon Ayuk, the Arizona State receiver, as another option because I kind of want to have a big target. I know they've got three receivers, but they're all slot receiver bodies. And I feel like a bigger target like Ayuk would be great right. for Buffalo. I also think a 43 right outside linebacker because Klein's a Sam linebacker. He was a Sam linebacker, and they need a will guy because Lorenzo Alexander retired. And they have a good Sam linebacker in Matt Milano. So I'm not sure if Klein's the right fit for that will role. So getting that will linebacker and maybe a bigger receiver are the two things I'd look to address. And then... 
everything else should take care of itself depending on how the board plays out. Okay, that makes sense. Like, I really think Buffalo, this is their most complete team in years. And while it's a team that's capable of getting home field, they're not a team that's capable of going to the Super Bowl. I, I think they could actually get the one seed in the AFC, but somebody like uh, Baltimore or Pittsburgh would get the wild card and then knock them out in the round of the divisional round. They'd knock them out, right. Yeah, right. well, here's a scenario here. I mean, in the middle rounds, right? So why not just go with players that can fill in some depth spots? So A.J. Klein, which Chris mentioned. Vashawn Joseph was a fifth-round pick in last year's draft. So it depends how much they really like him, how they go forward with that linebacker position. They also have Tyler Matakiewicz, who they're paying quite decently to play, I hopefully, more than special teams. That defensive line's nasty. I'm not touching it. I'm leaving it alone. Uh, the secondary can use some depth, sure, but there's going to be a lot of good DBs in this draft. So there'll be a lot of places for them to take, for sure. Uh, wide receiver could definitely go with – oh, my God. I mean, even in our mock, guys, the mocks we're doing. Like, how many talented wide receivers are still on the board in the middle of the third round? Early fourth round. Right. So, right. I would even say another tight end to put next to yeah. Dawson Knox. That's what I, that's what I, that's what I was going to say. Tight put end. the Missouri kid with Dawson Knox. I don't even know if he'll be there. The Missouri kid might go be yeah. off the board at 42, and then the Texans might take the first tight end at 40, Cole Met out of Notre Dame. So, if neither one of those tight ends is there. Now, if you put Cole, now if you put Cole Met on the Buffalo Bills, then Schneikes. That's 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 going to be a tough that's going to be a tough offense to break down, even if the receivers. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. think offensive tackle yeah, I, depth might I be agree. something to look into because Cody Ford gave up seven sacks as a rookie. Uh, he'll get better. You just be patient, stick the course. And Deion Dawkins is in a contract year, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I mean they're guards. I mean, unless you like Feliciano, was their best like last him, year. Or they he got their resigned for good reason. <laughs> Enjoy my him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as I said, like the depth behind them because behind them they have a third string center being their backup right guard. So that's not really like yeah, mostly Feliciano. He used to be a Raider. He was certain the guy can kind of rotate as like your you know your rotational interior do based on injury, but you aren't really ever super satisfied with him at one position. You just like the fact that he can play midi. Uh, so to I guess reiterate the initial question, Henry, if you were Buffalo, not having a first rounder. We've had Chris mention picking Brandon Ayuk there at number two. Brian said taking a tight end that could really you could pair with Dawson Knox to open things up in the middle and big targets for Josh Allen. Yeah. Is there a different direction you would go? Uh, I would think tight end, maybe because this tight end class is not very strong at all. Cole Komet could and probably be there. I think he'll be a nice addition. I think I heard you guys mentioning uh, the inside of the interior interior offensive line. Uh, I like a Robert Hunt. I think he'll probably be uh, a pretty solid player that can also be there. Um, to help solidify that. Uh, but wide receiver, I, I, I haven't given it that thought with their first pick. I actually could be pretty interesting, but, I mean, he'll probably be the fourth receiver there with John Brown, Beasley, and then now with Stephon Diggs uh, there as well. But I think solidifying and bringing some more depth to the offensive line and protecting their future with uh, Josh Allen would probably be the priority. Mm-hmm. I was looking at their on their books. They have Hughes. They have Addison two solid pass rushers, and that defensive line, they do like to rotate a lot of dudes out. Yeah. That's one of the things that's MOs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Defensive line yeah. also be pretty solid there as well. I go. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're Although he's not old. But next year and, like, the coming years after, the coming year season after, they're not that spendy. So if you want in one of those picks and maybe the third round, you could, depending on what you do in the second – 
but you could look to fill a position at edge rusher if you want. That way, you keep cycling dudes in and out. And if there is a drop right. from Addison or Hughes, you do have a young dude that you could maybe use more so in 2021 as a key cog in the defense. So they got a lot of places to go and definitely got got a, got a, a pretty solid roster. I definitely agree, Chris, with them just having a top roster and maybe even possibly somehow landing that one seed and getting knocked out in the wild card round. Definitely. In the divisional round with the playoffs being at 17. Yeah. But oh, yeah. It's all right. And, you know, this is the thing. The Bills, the next year, next offseason, you'll have um, Tredavious White, warning a contract extension you'll have fifth year tenders to use on both Tremaine Edwards and Josh Allen so you want to save the cap money you want to spend but you don't want to overspend because you got to look at it from that standpoint too you want to keep this team around as long as you can so that you can rule the division now that Brady's gone true true let's move on then to that team the New England Patriots Uh, key losses, uh, the biggest position, GOAT, they have to fill it in. They lost the GOAT. He's not there no more. So, also lost Kyle Van Noy. Philip Dorsett mm-hmm. is no receiver that anyone's really writing home about, but when you're the Patriots offensive playmakers and all the speed they were already lacking to lose the only element of speed that was really already there, that's gonna that they have to do some, some replacements there, especially if they got off that question mark of quarterback. And then the only person of note that I thought they really added was Adrian Phillips from the Chargers, but their secondary was already the strong point of that team. Right. So we'll start off with you, Brian. Was there any other offseason moves, not draft need specific, but just player personnel that they lost or gained that caught your eye? I mean, that whole linebacking core, they lost the Wayne Roberts and yeah. Kyle Van Collins, yeah. But, I mean, Adrian Phillips pretty much – but Adrian Phillips just offsets the trade of Deron Harmon. For the Patriots also, David Andrews also is not retiring. He had a really bad injury. He hasn't played for a while. So that's They got money back on the franchise tag too. Uh, He was supposed to be a free agent and they got him back. Yeah, that's a big one too. So that's two main cogs of that offensive line. Put next to Shaq Mason who's a Pro Bowl level guard. So they have a really good interior. Um, Now they just need Isaiah Wynn to stay healthy. Uh, that's going to be something to look forward to. Bo Allen is going to be the defensive tackle there. Um, I saw that signing as well. So it's just, it looks like the Patriots are just trying to, I don't know, they're trying to hang on. Or I don't know. Like the rumor for months that they were looking for a quarterback. Now they're sticking with Stidham. Mm-hmm. The narrative keeps changing. It certainly that's, does. That's, that's, that's all right. Right. All right. That's how they like it too. They, sure. they like being that we'll get into card. their right. draft needs. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. If you're New England and you got the 23rd overall pick in the first round, 12 total picks, by the way, as well. We all know they like them sixth and seventh round picks. Uh, but if you're going 23rd overall, you're the Patriots. Who are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at four areas, four, four or five areas this team needs to upgrade. Quarterback, tight end. They never really replaced Gronk. Right. Um, defensive side right. of the ball, I'm looking at nose tackle nope. to replace Danny Shelton. 34 inside linebacker to replace Landon Roberts, maybe challenge Hightower. And then a 34 left outside linebacker that could act as a second edge rusher next to Chase Winovich. Those are the five main needs. And you're not going to address all of those needs in this draft. You might address three or four of those needs. But if you fail to address all five of those needs and you get the wrong players you could end up going from being the division winner to one of the bottom five teams in the league. 
that's how big of a draft this is for the Patriots, where they really need to capitalize on this and get the right pieces. True, true. The idea, Brian, to you, the idea of possibly Justin Herbert's on the board, you're sitting there, you're Belichick, are you taking him or are you going at elsewhere? I don't think they want him. I don't think they have any interest in What about in Jordan Love? I mean, I think Jordan Love's someone they like. I think Jacob Fromm is someone that they've been linked to since October. I, mean, I remember telling Chris in October, hey, a lot of Patriots folks are loving Jacob Fromm. And, you know, him, you know, like we, we sparred from there. So that's really what it is, too. So they could look at Fromm in the middle rounds. But Jared Stidham, I mean, let's I mean, talk about him briefly here. Three years ago, when he was at Auburn as a junior, people were talking about him as a top 15 draft pick. That wasn't that long right. ago. And then his senior year, he looked like he was interested in other things. Like, I mean, the offense maybe didn't work for him. So maybe if they believe in Jared Stidham, then I think they could trade down from 23, very similar to what they did in 2013, and capitalize on some middle-round draft picks and try to get some of their needs incrementally as opposed to going for all the talent, which is what they've done in recent years in the draft. Because, well, I mean, they've drafted a lot. In 18, they have two first-round picks. 2019, they drafted Nikhil Harry. Um, you know, 2012, they picked two first-round picks and Hightower and Jones, and that set the stage for a Super Bowl run. So if the Patriots are going to do that, then they have two different ways to go, and they obviously have precedent. That's that true. Done that, so. Henry, number 23 overall, who are you taking? That's a, that's a, that's a. It's funny because when any all the other teams, kind of like you kind of got an understanding of where they might go with the Patriots. It's like you're not too sure. Uh, but if I if I were the Patriots, um, and if Jordan Love was there, I I think I go Jordan Love. I know a lot of people keep you know thinking about that uh, his senior tape, but there's so much stuff going on in the background. Of course, people don't talk about, but his junior tape was really really well, really really good. So I think I will go Jordan Love because just like some people still don't even believe in Jordan in that Stidham. I actually like Stidham uh, when he was coming out of Auburn. I think he was pretty solid. You know, I remember in that preseason last year, he had some pretty good numbers. He was doing pretty solid. But for the future, not too sure. But I think I will go okay. Jordan Love. You, you guys already brought up the good points. They still have already have a good infrastructure already there. They got picks to bring in some more receivers in the later round if they want, want to. Uh, some more defensive players later if they want to because they have tons of picks. But I think with that 23rd pick, if he's there, if Jordan Love is there, I think I might go Jordan Love. Do you let him sit for a year and develop, or do you start him right away? Yeah. Best, yeah, best man wins. Exactly. I, I agree with Day that. One. Best man. Yeah. Whoever had the better preseason, yeah. whoever had the better camp, goes into that year as a starter. Okay, yeah, so open comp. Uh, lastly, yeah. Josiah, we'll get to you with what you think they do. Do you have them going quarterback, or you think Bill Belichick drafts a uh, kicker? <laughs> you know what man i'm gonna be honest I, they don't got a second round pick you know what i mean and i've seen bill belichick work with you know just any type of qb so i mean yeah if jordan love is there i could definitely see that happen i i don't think that's gonna happen um and if he happens to fall there i could see a team trading up from the second or somewhere late late first trying to trade up you know and, and and take a look at him and whatnot, but maybe maybe they trade out of that pick and get themselves a second pick and grab a you know a Jake from later on in the second or mid second or maybe a you know Jalen Hurts somebody you know that because I I've never you know when you look at Bill Belichick and all the QBs he's worked with he's always worked with QBs that are they're not high profile guys they're they're guys that 
you know, that and even Brady. I mean, you know, obviously now Brady is that, you know, is that dude, but before Brady became that dude, he was a nobody. You know what I'm saying? And when he was hurt in all these other years, when he tore his ACL, Bill Belichick did great with a Matt Castle. You know, now he now would he have won a Super Bowl with Matt Castle? Probably not, you know what I mean? But he's won games with him, you know. So I don't if I had to pick, you know, I probably would would pick a maybe a Jake from. He seemed like more likely to be there. Um he's he just looks like he fits that system. You know, he looks like a Bill Pelichick guy. Um, but if I could do anything outside of that, I would probably trade out and get myself a second-round pick. You know, maybe a safety. You know, they got two safeties over there. They're they're aging. You know, one they brought back. The other one has been there since, you know, mm-hmm. beginning of time. Seems you know, like they are. And whatnot. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I might, you know, there's a couple other spots I would probably go. I don't know if I necessarily would go QB. If Jordan Love is there, I would go Jordan Love. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't think he's going to be there. I'll throw a name out there if we're going to go with defensive line, which is what Chris talked about. What about Russ Blacklock from TCU? Um, Now, TCU plays a very similar alignment to what the Patriots do because the Patriots kind of play a very hybrid 4-2-5 defense. Ironically, Gary Patterson, the man that made it very popular to run that defense, Russ Blacklock can play all four positions on that D-line. So if the Patriots were to go nickel or dime, there's a guy that could play all four spots. So that's do you a think versatile, the, do you think the Patriots will still play the four two five this year? Because I think they played that a lot this past year because like we just brought up their strength was that secondary. Do you still think that's what they'll be going going to into this season as well? Well, I've seen them play a lot of three yeah. down too. I mean, the Tennessee game in the playoffs, they, well, they to. You play, just you put some more three down. You got his black block can easily be a three tech. Right, and I could see Ross, and I can easily see Ross developing into a Ty Warren type of three tech. Yeah, because their three down almost looks like a five-man front because they pull those backers right up almost five techniques. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they play those linebackers so deep that it makes it look like a – it makes it look like a, 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 a like you know they're you know what I mean. It doesn't look at like a five two because the linebackers play so far back. Like Hightower plays eight yards back. But yeah, then they 40, take like, like like in the Super Bowl. Remember they brought that. like Van Noy so, basically out there right on the line of scrimmage, but outside linebacker like an extended like like five technique dude standing out there. They change it up so much you can almost disguise. They really yeah. have. Belichick's wild. So well, that <laughs> looks like unless uh, other any other fits. Let's see. We'll start with with Chris at least. Any other fits outside of the top? Let's say first. Let's say their hundreds pick that compensatory they got in the third round. Is there any like mid round tier guy you see really fitting well with New England there? I mean, there's they could get some mid round players, but picks 87, 98, 100, and twenty three are going to be super important. Because those picks are going to set the foundation. And if you can trade out a 23 and get multiple seconds and then try to build from there, that might be an easier route to go. Unless someone special like Kenneth Murray falls to you at 23, you have to entertain the idea of moving out of that spot. We could see it. They are not averse to trading back. I mean, no. I mean, what if so? What if they trade out of the first round? They get somewhere between the 30s or the 40s, let's say. You know, the Colts, for example, trade up and they try to get and they want to get another running back to pair next to Mel and Mac. Maybe they go up and get Jonathan Taylor. They just say, screw it. We're going to go for it. Or we're going to trade up for Jordan Love and get that yeah. fifth year. Yeah. And then that the Colts could be a team that 
can trade up. And then now the Patriots are sitting at yeah. 34 and 44. Right. Probably the Colts, I would not do that, but that's, yeah, that's, that's one scenario. That's the scenario. I would. Mm. Well, that covers our AFC East for the week. Brian, Chris, thank y'all very much for jumping on the show. Appreciate, Appreciate you coming it, on. Man. Thanks Most for having us on. Most definitely. Most definitely. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements. CoverZeroPodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like us by supporting our Facebook page. You can find us at Specialized Sports Analysis Worldwide. And if you want more exclusive content, feel free by clicking join when you want into the SSAW family by typing in Specialized Sports Analysis Worldwide group. See you next week.